Oof, my God, it is the Ken Burton Show. Hello, 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 and welcome to the Ken Burton Show. I don't know what that was. That was a little bit of Latvian, I think. There was a little bit of Irish in there as well. Could have been. I'm not entirely sure. <laughs> Guys, welcome to the Ken Burton Show podcast story for this week. As you know, these stories go up on the... Um, where do they go? Oh, they go on the website. Yeah, on the Friday, which is today actually it'll go up very late tonight and um it will then uh be available exclusively on the website so that i can drive a bit of traffic there until um until sunday and then sunday late sunday it will go up in the usual places which is the toolbar and uh youtube we put the youtube version up and then sometime in fucking september itunes might actually condescend to put the bloody thing up on there so uh yeah so there you go if you want it early go download the mp3 download the mp3 oh yeah actually i might put a play button on the website so that you can actually play this on there that'd be interesting wouldn't it i don't know i'll have a look at that but in the interim just you know right click it on the website download it as an mp3 put it on your ipad smart samsung android phone and uh listen to it on there because you know it's so cool and it's the best place to do it so anyway this week's story is called paddy's porsche and uh <coughs> oh dear bad cough bad cough um yeah before we get into that i guess um just a word about how things are and what things are doing oh guys if you would be so kind um I did a video about the uh, controller, the control, console control, that's the kitty. Now, console control is, uh, now they are advertisers on my website, yes, but they are also the manufacturers or the suppliers of some very, very good controllers. Now, I personally have a Firestorm that they sent me over and, uh, <coughs> I mean, it wasn't free, I bought it. So, you know, but let me tell you a little bit of a problem that I've had since I got the Firestorm. I can't prize it out of Dan's hands. Yeah, I know. When he goes to school, I search and search and I cannot find where he is hiding this controller. He will not let me touch it with a barge pole because he thinks I'm going to break it. Um, he is absolutely all over it like a rash and absolutely loves it. He uh, not only loves the fact that it's Blue Tiger and it looks fantastic, the four buttons on the bottom, he is all over it like a rash. And, you know, it's it's one of these things. I'm actually at the point where I'm going to have to buy another one. <laughs> so, uh, little message to my friend out there, Martin, who is, uh, as I say, advertising on the site. Martin, I'm probably going to need another one because <laughs> I can't get it off him. <laughs> I don't even know. Where does he hide these things? It's like his money. Where does he hide his money? I can't find that either. I, I look. I look every day. I can't find his money. Uh, anyway, <laughs> that's my 15-year-old son for you. Um, so we've, chances are we're going to go and get another one of these. But guys, really, you ought to go and check this out. Go onto the website, click one of the links, and just go and have a look at some of this stuff that the guy produces. Guys, it is pretty fucking awesome, I have to tell you. And mine in the Blue Tiger is fantastico. It's, uh, I did a video, it's on the website, go and check it out. All right then, guys. So, onward and upward. So, I've been playing a lot of uh, Duke Nukem this week. Uh, it arrived last Thursday, and uh, I've been playing it and playing it and going through the campaign. 
absolutely love it. I think the campaign is fantastico. I uh, thoroughly enjoyed it. Thought it was a brilliant campaign. Best one I played this year. And um, yeah, I finished it. And then I got a Respawn Army app badge because I finished it. Um, and, you know, <coughs> the, a little bit of word about the detractors, really. Uh, so many people are out there so easy, easily sort of jumping on the bandwagon to knock Duke Nukem. And I guess, you know, when you, when you are only used to COD, when the only thing you've ever played is COD, then I guess, you know, you can kind of look at that and say, oh, no, the graphics aren't, like, perfect. Yeah, all right, I'll give you that one. The graphics aren't perfect, but the graphics are adequate for the, what the game is about. Uh, the characters are good. The storyline is good. And yes, it does have a storyline. It has a puzzle mode. So, you know, occasionally as you're running through uh, various things, you have to solve puzzles. For that, it is a bit Portal 2. Um, you know, it, it, it's too easy to knock something. And I know the these great reviewers on these websites and places have gone, you know, oh, it's really shit. And because of those short-sighted idiots, really, I mean, um, you know, because of those people, um, their 2K games have, you know, watched their share price go down the pan. And there's been all sorts of, uh, I actually read a story about their PR company as well, who basically put out a thing saying, you know, we're going to block anybody that gives us a bad review. And, you know, 2K then distanced themselves from that and said, look, no, no, we're not. So anyway, um, you know, it's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's one of these things that it's so easy to knock if i guess you are a uh cod fanboy or a battlefield bad company fanboy or you know you are purely of that genre right then it's too easy to knock not enough people give games the benefit of the doubt i think and for me i call it as i see it if i play a game and i don't like it right Let, let's take a game like for instance crisis 2 Played the demo, thought it was okay. Played the game, thought it was pants. Uh, really, genuinely just thought it was pants. I did I did not want to pick the game up because it was for the diehards. It wasn't for the likes of me. No, just just while I'm recording this, Heather's just brought my lunch in. And uh, I've got, um, I've got, uh, what have I got here? I've got cheese and ham on brown with a number of slashes of little pork pie. Obviously, the sandwiches are cut up into triangles because I'm seven. <laughs> seriously, seriously, I'd like to show you a picture of what I got in front of me. It's something that you give a seven-year-old. <laughs> she does it all the time. It's hilarious. Anyway. <laughs> oh, dear. I'm going to eat my lunch. I'm going to give you the podcast story. And then afterwards, I'm going to do a little bit more talking. Okay. So uh, I recorded the podcast story yesterday. And I uh, hope you enjoy this one. And this is called Paddy's Porsche. I will start off by saying it might be true, might not be true, blah, blah, blah. And I've probably said that in the recording anyway. So here you go. Here's Paddy's Porsche. Okay then, guys. Well, um, <laughs> this one is called Paddy's Porsche. And uh, let's hope you like it. Let's start off by telling you that what you're about to hear may or may not be true. It is up to you to decide whether or not you think it's fact or fiction. And then put that in the comment section on the YouTube channel. And by that, I mean, you know, don't just kind of say, oh, it's fucking bullshit, you wanker. 
because I just find that fucking offensive, really. <laughs> you tend to get banned for that. But, you know, give an opinion. Let me know what you think. Only I know whether or not, well, Christ, I was going to say I know. There's a number of other people that know about this. <laughs> Oh dear. So anyway, just for legal reasons, this may or may not have happened. It may be partly fact, it may be partly fiction, or complete load of bollocks. <laughs> anyway, this is called uh, Paddy's Porsche. Uh, okay, right. Let's be let's begin this one at the beginning, shall we? I I did tend to move around Coventry a lot when I was a kid, and well, I say a kid when I was about eighteen. I think I moved out of uh, home when I was about seventeen, just just for us seventeen. And got myself a flat and then, you know, went to various sort of rented accommodation all around the city, really. Um, mainly just kind of, I tried to avoid certain areas. I mean, uh, to be honest, things, I don't know, it wasn't always the best thing to do to kind of stay uh, in one place for too long. <laughs> Anyway, for reasons we won't get in. Well, there are various reasons for it. I mean... The thing is, a lot of it, a lot of it was this. All right, I will freely admit it. A lot of it was this. When you um, uh, go out and maybe out of town, and you pull a bird, bring her back to your place, and blah blah blah, and then you know she's phoning you all the time. <laughs> she's come round your house, <laughs> and the only thing you can do is move. <laughs> it really is. Oh dear. So I, d I did tend to move around a bit. Anyway, right. So I moved into this uh, street and as it happens, a mate of mine uh, who was also homeless at the time, only because he <laughs> he burnt his flat down. Yeah, seriously, he burnt his flat down. He set fire to his Christmas tree. <laughs> <laughs> and he had nowhere to live. He moved back in with his parents, I think, in the January. And it must have been, I guess it was February, March time when uh, <laughs> I took this house, having had a flat and uh, a particular stalker that I wasn't happy about. I should have known. I should have fucking known. Why should I have known? Her name was Mavis. I mean, who the fuck in the right mind calls their kid Mavis? <laughs> She was nice, admittedly. She was very nice. Uh, we used to call her Mav. And uh, she was completely off her fucking head, really. I mean, she would phone me. She would drive over the house and park down the road and wait for me to come back. Oh, too much. So, anyway, I moved. <laughs> There's bravery for you. And, um, like I said, I moved I moved with a mate of mine. And, uh, you know, he was very grateful about it. I was quite grateful, you know, to have somebody sharing the, the rent and what have you. And the boys were around there all the time anyway. I mean, the, the house never had less than four people sleeping in it. It any one time. It was only two of us were paying the rent anyway there was a guy that lived in the street uh well i say he was a guy he was he was quite a, a young chap and um uh i met his mum before i met him and his mum was irish right and um it, it's only because her one of her family had uh a family had come around to visit and one of them had parked in front of my gate and i couldn't get my car in so i went around and said just very politely i'm sorry but could you possibly move your car because i've got nowhere to park and I, my 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 gate's blocked and she went ah of course you can of course you can by the way my name's vera you know i know her name was vera i don't know and uh anyway uh because of that 
I got to know, you know, she sent her son out to come and move the car. And her son was about, I think he was about 20, probably a bit less. And he, he came out and uh, he said, uh, all right, guys, how are you doing? I said, yeah, yeah, pretty good. He said, oh, sorry about this. One of the rallies, I'll, I'll get the car moved now. And he got the keys in his hand. And one of my mates said to him, ah, oh, that's what, all right, Paddy, good on you, mate. <laughs> Why is he calling him fucking Paddy? Because his mum's Irish. <laughs> his name wasn't Paddy. <laughs> Anyway, anyway, right. So um, uh, we kind of, uh, Paddy looked, we always did call him Paddy after that. Paddy looked a bit kind of struck by the fact we called him Paddy. And then somebody said to him, um, do you want to get away from your Ellie's for a while? Come around here and have a beer. So uh, he went, oh, yeah, all right then. So he came around and he had a beer with us. And he was a good bloke, you know, he's a great, great lad. Um, anyway, we kind of we kind of got to talking, and over the following kind of weeks and weeks, he did spend a lot of time with us, much to his mum and, and especially his dad's disgust. God, his dad wasn't pleased because his dad couldn't understand the concept of a bunch of lads renting a house. I mean, we weren't students or anything, so why were we doing it? And he just really couldn't understand it. And uh, like a couple of times, he reported us to the police. <laughs> God, shit. I'm sorry, boys. That's my dad. <laughs> he, he actually reported us at one time for running a brothel. Seriously. Because there were so many women in and out of that house. And they were always different. And it, like he, he actually reported us for running a brothel. Cops came round a couple of times, you know, and, and like there was nothing untoward about it. We were, we all, you know, we were all doing our own thing. It's just that we were all, or a lot of us, were kind of between places to live, and we all hung out together quite a bit. So anyway, uh, so Paddy, Paddy being a great lad, I mean, he 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 used to be so embarrassed by his dad though. Are you come around their house again? Yeah. Um, anyway, his mum was great, and uh, I, t I tell you, it, it, but they were just, you know, it was just nice to be living in a nice place, nice area with no leery bastards and no loud music and no pissing in the flower pots. You know, I mean, we save all that for my house. <laughs> so, <laughs> So it was quite good, you know, and uh, we we had a thoroughly great time there. So anyway, Paddy and his family didn't uh, come from there. They originally were from London and uh, he went to school in London and, you know, then they moved out to Coventry years afterwards. Um, and uh, anyway, I think Paddy, Paddy, I think if I seem to remember, he was about 17-ish when he, uh, I could, yeah, because he just finished, he just finished a year's, tech or something and then they all moved to Coventry and then you know that's how we got snob anyway a friend of his or right I call him a friend of his um used to come round his house to see the family now Paddy's brother was he was about 25 I guess and uh Paddy's brother lived in I think he lived in Leeds but anyway he would come back quite often to the house now, Paddy's brother's best mate was also a complete fucking bully who had given Paddy a very hard time when he was in school, taking a piss all the time, and Paddy and his brother didn't get on. And, you know, there'd be a lot of kind of pushing and shoving going on, and he had his head flushed down the toilet once or twice, you know. The sort of wankerish thing you kind of expect from a bully. But the thing is, after they'd left school and, you know, Paddy had, had had a couple of good years at school because obviously this twat wasn't there. And um, 
anyway, he sat there one night and, you know, we were talking about, you know, various things. And Paddy seemed a little bit subdued about it. I said, what's up, mate? He said, oh, fucking my brother's coming down tomorrow. He said, see the family and his mates coming up from London. I went, oh, fucking hell. What, what are you worried about? Just come and stay here? Oh, no, no, no. We've got to have a big family meal and toast the success of my wonderful fucking brother, who is an accounts trainees clerk or something and uh, earns a pretty good salary doing it. I said, oh, right, okay. He said, but, you know, don't worry about your brother. I mean, fucking hell, you know, if he gets much, just come round. Just come round here. He said, it's not him I'm really bothered about. It's his mate. And then he went on to tell us the story about how this little twat was bullying him like a dickhead. And uh, after, you know, after a little while of this, when these guys left, he went off to university. And uh, so did Paddy's brother. And the two of them went off and they did their four years. They got their degrees. And then his brother went off to be something in Leeds. And this guy, the twat, went off to be a stockbroker in London. Uh, or he, he was a trainee stockbroker or whatever, but he got he got some sort of contacts in the in there where his family had, so he ended up getting a big uh, leg up the ladder. And uh, anyway, following day, you know, we were, we were all kind of didn't really bother about it really. I mean, we didn't think twice. And <laughs> this, um, I'm sitting there and I'm I'm just kind of watching the uh, uh, TV with the lights. So we've got a film on, and uh, I saw out the front window this fucking car pull up right in front of my drive, right in front of my gates. And I went, oh, for fuck's sake, not again. So I went out, opened the front door, and there's this fucking 911 Porsche in Targa Red, right? It's a 911 Turbo with the big fucking spoiler on the back. And I said, uh, excuse me, but you're blocking my, you know, way out here. And if I want to go out, then I'm going to have to get you to move your car. So just move it now and save me the trouble. And he's... he's <laughs> He looked at me and he, he just said, oh, my God, your people from this city are all the same. I really don't know why I come here. <laughs> what? I said, you what, mate? What do you mean people from this city? He said, you have no respect for your betters. And I just fucking looked at him and thought, did you just say that? Did you seriously just fucking call yourself my better? And I leaned over the gate and just went, move your fucking car, twat. And then I went to walk back in. And it, it, all I heard was, oh, bloody typical oik. Uh, I'm a fucking oik now. And then Paddy came out from next door. Well, it was actually two doors down. But he came out and he went, oh, Ken, it's all right, it's all right. You know, and then, uh, you know, they went in and uh, there was some talking. And then, who the ha, red, ha, ha, ha. I thought, you ain't going to keep your fucking head on your shoulders if you keep that up, mate. So anyway, we didn't think an awful lot of it, you know. And uh, a couple of days later, Paddy's around the house. And we said, how'd, how'd it go? You know, oh, fucking terrible time. Absolutely terrible. I had to listen, you know, to my dad and this twat from, uh, from London talking about how fucking common people are in Coventry. And my dad was going on about, well, I, I, I you know... He was, look, Paddy was hanging out with us and his dad wasn't happy about it. And, you know, he was he was talking about, oh, you know, well, the, the bad influences on youth today and you ought to get out and, you know. And I thought, you fucking wanker, you know. I've really, like, I've had it with this guy now. I've had it. I'd, I'd have dealt with it at the time if we weren't where we were. If that fucker had done that somewhere else, then 
I'd have, I'd have fucking turned his Porsche on its roof, right? I, w I would. I'd have called the boys out and we'd have flipped it on its roof. But, you know, as it was kind of, you know, semi-related to Paddy. Anyway, um, so I said, so so it wasn't great then. He, oh, no, we had a bad time. You know, my brother was chipping in saying, you know, uh, you ought to really take stock of your life and you've only done a year at a technical college and you should have gone to university and... You know, fuck it. You know, it's, they're all over my all over my ass like a rash. And I say, oh Christ, you know. And then he said, uh, do you know what? One of these days, do you know what I'd like to do? I said, what's that? He said, have his fucking Porsche. I said, really? He said, yeah. I'd love to have his fucking Porsche. That is his pride and joy. That Porsche. He um, basically it's eighty five thousand pounds worth of car, and. Uh, I mean, apparently, he'd, he'd given everything. He'd stayed living with his parents he'd, for a while, longer than he had to. He'd worked all hours, God send, so that he could be one of the yuppies, you know, and get himself a red Porsche with a big black spoiler on the back. So, anyway, we're sitting there, and my mate turned around to Paddy, and he went, have it. Paddy went, you what? He said, fucking have it. You want it? Fucking have it. And pissed off. He said, no, no, you want it. Take it," he said. "Yeah, but I'm. Mean, what am I going to fucking do with a Porsche? How's that? How's that going to go?" I said, "Well, tell you what. Tell you what we we'll do." He said, uh, "Let's go and teach this fucker a lesson, shall we? Let's uh, let's go down and borrow this guy's Porsche, change plates, and then we'll let him see you driving it. <laughs> and then it's up to him to prove that you've nicked his car. Let's go and see if that wipes the smug smile off his face." <laughs> so anyway, there was a little bit of. I'm in an hour in a little bit of to and fro in, and we decided we were going to go and get this guy's Porsche. <laughs> now, Paddy, very fortunately, because of his brother, knew where this guy lived. And, uh, you know, he he kind of spread the good word as to where that was. So we got all the maps out, you know, and worked out how to, what is the best way to get to this guy's street. Now, uh, he, he actually lived, like I say, in Hammersmith, which is a very posh area of London. He, he lived fairly close to, well, fairly close to the river, yeah. But, I mean, Chelsea's just down the road, you know, which is posh tart city, right? Chelsea, fantastic place if you're looking for posh tarts. But, um... <laughs> giving away all my secrets here right so anyway what we did was we planned to go down and uh, have this guy's Porsche away now what we did know was a on a Saturday morning at nine o'clock this fucker went off to play squash with his squashy mates and uh, uh, he didn't take the car with him because he would always always be like in a uh, because it's only a two-seater and there was four of them that went off to play squash, he'd be in somebody else's car. Right. So he'd leave this car there. So what we do is um, we knew that chances are this thing is going to have not a tracker because they didn't have trackers in those days or very few cars have trackers. Uh, potentially this thing had got immobilizers all over it. It will certainly have an alarm. So, um, you know, we're, we're going to have to go in like nine o'clock on a Saturday morning, you know, and we're, we're going to have to go in being cheeky bastards, all right, which was okay. I mean, we used to being cheeky bastards. So what we did was we took um, my mate's uh, pickup, no, pickup, it was, it's a car pickup, like, um, I don't know, you see them on the motorways, it's like, front end of it is a transit, and then the back end of it has got a hook on the back, and you pick the car up, and you put it on the flatbed of the back of the car, right? So, right, 
um, I think they use them, they do use them a lot in London, actually. The councils use them a lot to pick up people who have parked illegally. They just kind of pick them up and then kind of drop them and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, it's, um, <laughs> it's, it's relatively easy for us to go and take a car if we're using a, a, a grabber. So Friday night, we all work out what we're going to do and how we're going to do it. And we d we thought we'd, you know, it's not going to take that many of us. So we took this um, uh, transit thing with us and uh, we took my mate's Beamer. And there were four people in the Beamer and there was two of us in the transit. And what we did was, we went, right, driving down and uh, I mean, all the way down the... <laughs> I mean, the best way, right, from Coventry to there anyway is uh, motorway, which we duly took. And eventually... <clears throat> when you finish pissing around on the motorway, you eventually end up on the A4, which is the best way to get to Hammersmith. So anyway, we're, we're down the A4. We cop off to where this guy's house is going to be, trying to follow our maps. And uh, remember, there's no sat-nav in those days. And we pulled up just down the street. It wasn't a very busy street. I mean, it was just like it was just like any other street, really. I mean, yeah, the houses were quite posh, very posh. But, you know, it was just houses with drives. Now, central London, a uh, two up, two down is going to cost you half a million. So, you know, you can imagine the sort of level of places that we're talking about. And we did a drive-by in the Beamer, and sure enough, this Porsche is there. So what we did was got the Beamer to pull up and... Guy got out the beamer, went over to the front door. Hello, hello. Nobody in, nobody in. Great, okay. So uh, the beamer went and parked up the road. And then myself and another guy put on overalls. Uh, we, we turned up in our pickup and we basically drove the thing across the road, reversed it towards his drive. Uh, we... <laughs> We grabbed this Porsche and we put it on the back of this low loader. And <laughs> one of the neighbours came out and said, excuse me, what are you doing? I said, oh, it's it's broken, love. We've got to take it back to the garage for him. Uh, I said, oh, really? I said, he, he didn't say anything. I said, well, no, no, he, he just phoned us, you know, and we did actually say his name. It is Mr. Yeah. Oh, yes, that's him. Yeah, we got the right car then, love. Oh, well, didn't he leave you the keys for the alarm? Because the alarm was blasting like Joe Buggery at this point. And saying, um, oh, he's, he's only got one set of keys and he's got them with him. And he's it's urgent. He wants it done yesterday. You know what these people are like. And you oh, well, okay then, okay. So anyway, we whopped <laughs> this, um, this Porsche onto the back of the low loader and we took off. So anyway, we went kind of, you know, heading back towards Coventry. And uh, we went to this lockup that we knew um, of a friend of ours. <laughs> now, we had to find... Oh, dear. Um, how can I describe this lockup? There were lots of front ends of cars and lots of back ends of cars. <laughs> and some that were being welded together. <laughs> Oh dear. Anyway, uh, we made space in the garage. We said, you know, we've got to, um, we've got to get this uh, Porsche sorted out. Went, yeah, all right. So anyway, he said, um, right, what, what's the plan then, boys? He said, right, I tell you what we're going to do. We're going to change the plates on it, right? We're going to, we're going to let Paddy be seen driving this fucking thing, and uh, you know, we're going to get it back down to London, and we're going to let Paddy be seen driving this thing, and then uh, we're going to wait for him to go ape shit and stuff. And then uh, we're going to, you know, anyway, it's a master plan. I won't spoil it, but I'll, I'll tell you what happened. Right. So what we did was we changed the plates on the car 
and uh, a couple of days later we drove it down to London with the Beamer behind it and we got the Beamer to be just up the road from uh, this guy's house and then there was a guy who would, who would basically walk up the road and wait and see this guy coming back to his place and um, hopefully, hopefully, as soon as he came back, we'd give the signal to Paddy in the Porsche and he'd drive down the road, right? So anyway, so, you know, sure enough, this guy gets off a bus. <laughs> <laughs> and we saw him walking up the road because he was moaning to his to uh, Paddy's brother that he was having to use a bus because there's no taxis at that time and all the rest of it. So we knew he was going to be getting on this bus, off this bus. So anyway. He, he walks up towards his house. And so Paddy drives down the road really fucking slowly. And for a minute there, we thought, he's not going to notice him. He's not going to notice him. And then uh, he did. He looked up. He was looking down at his keys, getting his keys out. And he looked up. And you could just see his eyes getting wider and wider as this fucking Porsche drove past him. <laughs> and he, <laughs> and he, he just went, absolutely still just for a second and then he was i say i say i say and starts running down the road after the porsche <laughs> we're pissing ourselves in this beamer and of course paddy put his foot down this thing goes scootling off and then uh anyway he, t he kind of he stopped this guy and he, he was like looking around him because you know people that were in the street were looking at him and it was all a bit, you know, what the hell's that? You know, and it was all a bit confusing. So anyway, then Paddy turns around in the Porsche and came back up the street. And he could clearly see that it was Paddy driving his fucking car. Or a Porsche very much like it, but with different number plates. And he started shouting his name and going, Oi, I, I, I know, I'll find you, I'll find you, and all the rest of it. And he was, anyway... Paddy uh, booted it, right? Paddy fucking booted it. And uh, he absolutely, you know, went for it. Uh, back to, back towards the A4 so that we could get out there because he was obviously going to call the cops. So what we did was we, we got to the nearest service station and we parked up. Um, we kind of waited there for a couple of hours just for the heat to die down with the cops, really. And then uh, we had the Beamer do a good rally round and make sure there was no uh, no police officers. We used to call them the filth, honestly. But um, there was no police officers hanging around. And then we drove the Porsche back to Coventry. Right. So when we got back to Coventry, we went back to my mate's lockup. And, uh, you know, the one with half of some cars and half of others. <laughs> His place was fucking hilarious. Absolutely brilliant. Anyway, um, so we went back there and we put the original plates back on. And uh, now the guy that owned the garage, or the guy that rented the locker, um, he knew about what we were doing and stuff. And uh, he, he turned to me and he said, do you really want to get rid of this twat? Uh, and, you know, really get at him. I said, why? He said, well, I'll tell you what. Um, I'll give you a ton for the engine really yeah yeah i'll give you a i'll give you a ton for the engine because i can offload that so i'll give you a ton for the engine I said yeah but i mean we're, we're going to give him his car back so he said yeah that's all right i'll put another engine in it so how are you going to put another engine in the port he said, i'll make the fuck of it don't you worry about that now this guy was a master welder <laughs> 
being that that's what he did for a living with various halves of cars. So anyway, he said, uh, don't worry about that. I'll sort it. I'll sort it. So really? He said, yeah, yeah. Well, I'll do, we'll have the engine at the back of this thing. We'll put a different engine in. All right. Yeah. All right. Well, you know, when can we get it? Pick it up and cook dice. Right? Yeah. So anyway, we went back and uh, we didn't hear anything for a little while. And then um, it, it was maybe two days later and Paddy's brother uh, turned up in his car. And also this dickhead who used to have a Porsche, he turned up as well at Paddy's mum's house or at Paddy's house. And uh, they were closely followed by a police car. And Paddy was round at our, our, my house, or our house, when it happened. So anyway, the next thing we know, we've got on our door. And stood there are two coppers, uh, Paddy's brother, Paddy's dad, and this toff that used to have a Porsche. And all that the, the toff said was, I know you took it. I know. I saw you driving it. I know you took it. And uh, his dad was sort of looking at him going, oh, come, oh, son, I'm so disappointed. I told you hanging around with these guys would be trouble. Not so anyway, the coppers said, you know, we want to we'll take you down the station and interview in relation to the theft of a motor vehicle. And we were like, when, when was this supposed to have happened? And they said, well, it happened on, uh, basically it happened on Saturday morning. And uh, the vehicle was then seen again with, you know, such and such driving it uh, a day after, you know, and, um, it was on the Monday. And we're like, no, no, definitely, definitely, it, it's nothing to do with us. He said, well, can you prove that? I said, well, yeah, we can actually, because we were all at a party on the Friday night and there was at least 100 people at the party. And if you want the names and phone numbers, they'll all verify that we were all there pissed until well into 11 o'clock Saturday morning before any of us even woke up. So the party finished till fucking nine o'clock Saturday morning. So, you know, if you want to go and phone these people, and the Monday? So, well, the Monday, we were all uh, we were all at, at my mate's house, and uh, we were doing such... Anyway, we, ju we just gave a fantastic alibi. And the coppers were, yes, well, it's easy to say that, isn't it, sir? No, no, seriously, hold on a minute, hold on. Do, 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 do. Phones up, right, my mate, and I said to him, hey, 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 um, I've got a favour to ask, if you would. Uh, what's that? Um, I've, I've got the cops with me. I wonder if you would just tell them where uh, I was on Monday morning together with um, anyone else who was there at the same time. So I put him onto this and he said, oh, yeah, he said, it was around in my place. And we were doing this. I mean, yeah, and Paddy was there and Jack was there and this was there and that was there and Johnny was there. And, you know, and anyway, the cop had just turned around and... Uh, I said, you know, you're still going to take him in. He said, uh, well, he turned around these lights. He said, he said uh, I'm sorry, but um, uh, it would appear that there is no case to answer. There is nothing that we can interview him for, and we certainly can't arrest him if he wasn't there. Anyway, this Toff was going fucking apeshit. And the more he was going apeshit, the more his voice was getting higher, which was the funny bit. I go down, but I, I'm, I'm absolutely, I'm not bloody sore. And, uh, you know, he was just squealing like a pig anyway. So, oh God. So anyway, we left it out. They, cops went away and uh, Paddy went back home and he got his dad convinced that, you know, whoever he saw, it wasn't him, right? 
it just wasn't so anyway his dad eventually you know thanks to his mum really believed him and said okay well he must have made a mistake you know and the Porsche he saw was a different set of number plates anyway so you know and there must be how many Porsches are there in fucking London for Christ's sake you know those sort of arguments so anyway we went to uh, we went to pick up the Porsche so that we could go and take it back to him and uh, I said to my mate with the lockup, I said you sorted it then he said yeah 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 so I said, great, great. Um, he said, but, um, where, where are you going to take this? I said, well, we're going to drop it back at his house in London. Ah, um, you you may want to put it back on the loader. Why? He said, well, did you put another engine in it? Yeah, yeah, I put another engine in it. Well, it's not going to go very far on the motorway. Oh, okay. Well, sure, we can make that happen. And then uh, he went to the back of this car and he opened the boot, which had the engine in it because it's a 911 Porsche. And there was what I can only describe as a lump of shit in the back of this car. It looked like a lump of shit. And apparently it was a lump of shit fresh out of a Volkswagen Beetle. I didn't even know you could put a Volkswagen Beetle engine in a Porsche. But apparently you can if you weld up a lot of brackets and shit. And it was a 1.1 or a 1.3 or something. I mean... the. the <laughs> Anyway, so what we did was we put it back on the loader, we took it out to London, we went back down the A4, we got into Hammersmith and we waited, right? This was again on the Saturday morning, thinking that he'd be out and he'd be doing, you know, squash and all that. So one of us went to his door, tap, 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 no answer, and loaded this car back into his drive. The same neighbour came out, nosy bastard, that it came out the last time when we'd nicked it, saying... Oh, oh, I thought his car had been stolen, actually. I said, well, uh, yes, it was, love. It was, but uh, it was recovered by the police and he phoned us to go and get it. So we're just delivering it back for him. Oh, he'll be so pleased. Oh, yes, we're very sure he will be. So anyway, we all kind of stopped down the road. Um, we were all sitting in the Beamer, right? And uh, only four of us went down, including Paddy. And we're all sat in the Beamer, the, the transit's part just up the road, the loader. And uh, we watched as he came back from squash. And we waited and we waited. It must have been, oh, Christ, we'd been, we'd been out and got a coffee. Jeez, it must have been about 12 o'clock when he came back. Anyway, he came back and he was like, looked at his car, then looked away, then looked at his car again, and just kind of looked away, then looked at his car, and then a big smile over his face, you know? And so he kind of opened the door and he looked around it and he looked at the front, looked at the inside. And then he came out to the street and he had a look around and uh, he didn't didn't see us. Obviously, there was a lot of people hanging around as, as there are sort of walking him down the street in Hammersmith. But, but uh, anyway, he, he got uh, he got back into his house. So we all trotted off back to Coventry and then we, we <laughs> we'd left him a note. And he obviously didn't read his mail straight away because we would have expected the phone to ring before we got back. As it happened, we'd got back. It was only a couple of hours drive, hour and a half maybe. And uh, we got back, Paddy went home. And, you know, then Paddy comes around about, I don't know, 20, 30 minutes later. He said, just had a phone call. He said, really? He said, yeah. He said, um, he's got his car back. He said, oh, really? Well, there's a surprise. He said, yeah, 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 he's got his car back. And uh, he was being all smug bastard, as in, I know it was you, I know I frightened you, 
and you've done the right thing. But that doesn't mean that I'm not going to report this to the police and get it fingerprinted. And if your prints are anywhere near it, I'm going to have them throw away the fucking key. And so he's, Paddy says, well, I just couldn't resist it, could I? So what did you say? Paddy, what did you say? He said, I just couldn't resist it. What did you say? And he said, I just said to him, all I said to him was, you haven't driven it yet, have you? Pop, 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 pop. Then I put the phone down. Oh, God. Right. Okay. So we later get a lot of feedback about this. And he actually had to take it to a garage to ask them what had happened to the engine. And he wouldn't believe them when the garage told him that this was no longer a Porsche engine. It was a Volkswagen Beetle. <laughs> he was going apeshit. It was going to cost him £6,000 for a new engine. Six grand. Um, fuck. He knew we'd done it. He knew that Paddy had been involved. And he came up once, twice after that and just kind of, you know, uh, tried to do a little bit of a, um, a kind of you know, glary stare at us as he was pulling up. He did have the Porsche, actually, but uh, he certainly never parked in front of my gates again, which was a good thing. I was quite pleased that he never parked in front of my gates again. But a funny thing was, a few years after that, we met up with Paddy, and because uh, we, oh, I moved on, and my mate moved on, and I, I ended up getting another flat. I moved into the city centre after that, if, if memory serves. Uh, and um, anyway, we we kind of lost touch with Paddy a little bit, much to I would imagine the delight of his parents. But uh, anyway, I bumped into him a few years later, and apparently there was some sort of family do that they all went to, uh, or mutual friend do. And this uh, guy with the Porsche uh, apparently went into the toilets when Paddy was there taking a piss. And he he tried to put Paddy against a wall. And, uh, you know, I think we taught Paddy a little bit too well. Because the way Paddy tells it, he busts the guy's face in two and stuck his head onto a tap. Now, how much damage you do when you do that sort of thing is immeasurable. I mean, you really can, like change somebody's life by doing that but apparently he stuck his head on a tap in the bathroom and uh caused him a lot of distress now i'll never know really whether or not paddy really did that or whether or not he was just telling us that for show because maybe he got roughed up by him but either way i mean it just it was just uh it was just a good thing to do i think for a good person and it was a a good thing to do to teach that fuckhead a lesson in life. You really, really have to be careful who you shit on on the way up because you might meet the fucker again on the way down. Dangerous, very dangerous. There's also, I guess, a moral to this story, you know, in that um, not everyone's gonna be a fucking scientist. You know what I mean? Not everybody is going to be uh, an accountant. Not everyone is going to go and be something in the city and drive a Porsche. Um, now, I know sometimes it's difficult because parents push their kids a lot to be the very best that they can be. But at the same time, you also have to accept that everybody's got limitations. Not everybody is going to be, you know, a lawyer. And whilst you push your kids to do the very best they can do, to be the very best they can be, 
there are you know there are limits to that and you can't you can't force your kids to be uh, a politician you can't force your kids to be an engineer you know you you can only really encourage and then sit back and accept that you've done the best you can and i think that's the best that you can do that's what always pissed me off about paddy's old man you know he was always always so well i've got one son who's made it and the other one's a fucking waste well he's not a waste actually because paddy was a fucking nice bloke and uh i got on really well with him i thought he was a top guy it was always going to be limited the amount of time he actually spent with us because peer pressure was always going to knock him off the rail and i think you know it's it's one of those things really but i often think about paddy and think about you know <laughs> the times that we had that wasn't the only fun thing we did i mean christ we t we had some crazy days crazy crazy days i remember uh <laughs> First time Paddy saw a gun. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> oh, God. He, he just <clears throat> had some guys come around my house. And uh, anyway, I think it frightened him a little bit. But, you know, he he kind of, he, he hadn't grown up on that end of the tracks, I think. So it was a bit of a surprise. But um, I had a video night and uh, everybody came around the house. Paddy came around. A couple of boys walked in. And they went, all right, Ken, how's it going? I was, all right. And then they took guns out the back of their belts, put them on the table and sat down. Because obviously it's it's quite uncomfortable sitting down on a sofa with a gun in your back. So they put them on the table. And for a minute or two, Paddy just looked at them and looked at me. And then he went, are they real? <laughs> Oh, God, Jesus. Right, okay. Anyway, guys, thoroughly hope you've enjoyed this uh, Paddy's Porsche story. And, uh, you know, it's up to you. Do you think it's uh, true? Do you think it's false? Do you think it's based on any fact at all? Or do you think the whole thing's made up? Guys, let me know in the comments, which will be... Uh, the comments will obviously be on the YouTube video, uh, which will go up on sunday although you know you are going to get this on the website today so anyway it's um <laughs> oh it's been a pleasure doing this one i quite enjoyed doing this one really i've got one for you next week that i'm kind of i'm in an hour and about as well <laughs> oh dear the thing is i've can't look i'm a married man now you know i'm 45 i'm fucking married i can't tell you some of the stories <laughs> I can't tell you about the first time we went to a strip club. I cannot tell you about our visit to to Paris. <laughs> I can't tell you a lot of things, but I'll tell you some of the stuff that I can tell you. Anyway, guys, uh, please don't forget to rate, comment, and uh, make sure you go and subscribe and bookmark the website, guys, www.thekenburtonshow.com. And make sure that when you bookmark it, you go and visit it on a regular basis because we have daily audio audio blogs. Oh, Christ, that was the, uh, what was that? That was a pork pie coming back. Um, audio blogs going on a daily basis, so stick around for that. I've been Ken. This has been the Ken Burton Show podcast story, and I'll see you on the dark side. Guys, you all take care now.